Welcome back, everyone, to What's the Play. Danny and Sosa are back to break down the big game, the Super Bowl. Um, where it's been a really long and difficult season of the NFL, but we finally made it to the Super Bowl without any, without missing any games, which is an amazing feat. And we're really excited for this game. Uh, regardless of what happens, it's going to be a classic game. And yeah, let's just jump right into it. So we're going to begin with each um, each unit of football. So we're going to start with the Kansas, with the Tampa Bay offense versus the Kansas City defense. One of the big one of the big things for me in this game is Tampa has to try and limit their mistakes. So we've seen throughout the playoffs that there's been a lot of drops from the receivers, um, and in the most recent game, that Brady didn't have a really good second half. They need to try. They need to really try and clean a lot of those things up um, in the Super Bowl to have a chance of of beating this team. And I think Chris Godwin is going to play a really big part of that. He had more drops in this single postseason than he did all regular season. Um, so maybe that might be more of a mental thing. Maybe um, he might be going through some sort of injury that we don't know about. But that's something that definitely has to be cleaned up because he is one of the really key players in this offense. Um, Another note about the Buccaneers offense is continuing to give Brady outlets under pressure because I think the Kansas City defense is going to come in um, and try to put a lot of pressure on Brady. They need to be able to, as they've been doing later on in the season and definitely the postseason, having an outlet ready for him to dump the ball off to um, whenever pressure is coming so that they could still gain some yards and try and like, execute a little bit more in the intermediate game and not try to go over the top as much as we know that Bruce Arians loves to do that. <laughs> no risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> um, what I see the defense coming in and trying to do, though, is creative ways to bring the blitz. Um, we know Spagnola has a long history with Brady in, in the postseason and He's one of the more creative minds in the in the league defensive wise, and I think he's going to really come in with um, some interesting ways to create pressure because you can't because this offensive line is pretty good, and as we as we saw, Green Bay really struggles to try and get pressure on, pressure on Brady consistently. So you have to find um, really deceptive ways of hiding hiding your coverage from Brady is really hard to do because he's so good pre-snap but as much as you can hide um being able to hide uh, the defensive scheme as much as you can pre-snap so that you can create some pressure this team also has to be much better in the red zone as well uh throughout the season the chiefs allowed touchdowns on 76 percent of red zone possessions which is worse than any other team in the league and um worse by a super bowl team in the past 20 years so that is something that really needs to get cleaned up is being better in the red zone because this team, this uh, Tampa Bay offensive team is going to get in the red zone. But if you're able to limit the, limit them to some field goal possessions, uh, field goal possessions, that could go a long way in, com- in coming out the game on the, on the winning side. Yeah, for sure. Definitely agree on all those points and for me the biggest thing for this Tampa Bay offense 
is when they choose to run the ball. You cannot be running the ball every single first down like they've been in the playoffs, which has been a 68% rate. And that puts the offense in horrible situations because they're not great at running the ball in, in these situations. They're averaging only less than three yards per carry. So you're putting your offense in second and longs and then in third and longs, which are obvious passing situations. And Steve Spagnuolo is going to definitely bring pressure in those situations when he knows you're going to pass, when he knows Brady's going to be back there without being able to move. So definitely for me, the key for this Tampa Bay offense is passing on first down and then running on second and third and short. Because if you're running on third and short, then it gives you the option of going for it on fourth down. If it's fourth and one, fourth and two, maybe you take the risk. Because if you're giving the Kansas City offense more possessions, you are going to lose the game. And if you're not scoring at the same rate they are, you are going to lose the game. So this Tampa offense needs to be successful on first down in order to win this game and to avoid obvious passing situations where the the Kansas City defense is so great at stopping the pass. They are actually the best playoff team at stopping the pass, but they're the worst playoff team at stopping the run. So if the Bucs are able to be creative and keep this Kansas City defense off their mark, not knowing whether it's going to be run and pass, they'll have a lot of success. Another thing that Danny mentioned as well is the pass protection and blitz pickups by the Tampa Bay offense and specifically the running backs because with Ronald Jones, he is really terrible in pass protection. <laughs> like In that, if you watch that week 12 game, those running backs were terrible in protecting Brady and he was getting hit and he was just checking it deep because the wide receivers were also messing up their hot routes because they weren't aware of where the blitz was coming and they weren't giving making themselves available to Brady to be an outlet. And so that is one thing I hope that the Tampa offense worked on these last two weeks and making sure Brady has an option. And the running backs must also catch the ball because if Brady's pressured, he's going to dump it off real quick. And in this Arians offense where the wide receivers are running four verts <laughs> most of the times, the running back is going to be the only outlet. So Rojo and Fournette have to catch the ball. And they also have to be efficient in the running game, which I hope can happen on second and third down. So the Tampa offense is in manageable situations. For the Kansas City defense, one thing that amazes me is they have really no big name players except for Chris Jones and Teron Matthew, but they have been, their execution has been spectacular all season and they've even turned it up <laughs> in the postseason. I know Danny mentioned that they were set 32nd in red zone defense in the regular season, but they've actually been second in the playoffs after Washington, which held Tampa Bay to only one for five in the red zone in that first playoff game. And that's going to be another key is stopping. If you can make the Bucks kick field goals while Kansas City is usually scoring touchdowns, that's a huge advantage for your defense. And under Spagnolo, we already know what he did to, you know, that crazy Pats offense in 07. I still have nightmares. I still have bad dreams, but hopefully we can see some revenge here. Um, yeah. So I mentioned that they are first in passing uh, DVOA, which is defense, defensive adjusted variance over average. So it kind of measures a passing defense in a whole bunch of different metrics, whether it's like third down, second down, just how efficient they are and how above average they are to the regular defense you see in the NFL. And they were last in rushing DVOA, which is another key for the Bucks. And I hope the Bucks coaching staff sees this, but is smart about when they're choosing to run the ball. 
And obviously the linebackers of this Kansas City defense are the weak link, the Damian Wilson, Anthony Hitchens, Ben Neiman. They are atrocious in coverage, allowing 600 plus yards and four touchdowns with zero interceptions, according to PFF. So that is key for the Bucs. If they can be in 12 personnel with Gronk and Brait, who is expected to play, they can utilize the middle of the field and get some big chunk plays. And for the Kansas City defense, their star needs to be Chris Jones. And he's going to be lined over Aaron Stinney, which is the backup right guard for the Bucs. They lost Alex Kappa in Washington in the first playoff game against Washington. And he could wreck the game for the for the Bucs if he's just unguardable. We've seen some pass rushers like Von Miller, Aaron Donald just wreck games for Brady led offenses. And if he can be that special, then you never know. But for right now, I still give the advantage to the Tampa offense because they are the ones that are able to dictate. And they do have the weapons and the ability to attack this Kansas City defense. We just need to see if the coaching staff can put them in that situation. I completely agree. And I really like what you said about utilizing the tight ends in the middle of the field. Um, I think that's something that they should do to have long sustained drives. But that's not something we've seen more of in the later parts of the season and the postseason. But I don't think it's something that we would both agree they've fully utilized yet um, mm-hmm. and are doing quite effic- as efficiently as they can. And it's also a note for the Kansas City defense as well is if they if Bruce Arians comes in with the game plan that he usually does, which is try and beat you over the top, they have to make sure to keep to try and keep everything in front of them. And I think their um their defensive scheme where they kind of use four safeties was gonna is gonna really help with keeping everything in front of you. But you just have they just have to make sure that they don't have one of those like weird like I don't want to say lucky touchdowns, but one of those where it's just like a bomb and it's, you just mm-hmm. you just get just a busted coverage over, and it's busted yeah, coverage it's just get beat over the top. <laughs> and it's like, just it's almost like just the free seven points. Like you can't have one of those like those one of those like Scotty Miller go routes that are just like <laughs> respect that, that his speed. <laughs> he's white, <laughs> yeah. but he's short and white, but he's no Edelman. He's no well. <laughs> <laughs> he he is actually quick, but yeah, Kenzie can't have any of those. Uh, defense can have any of those really like somewhat like boneheaded plays like really big mistakes that could just kind of pull the game away from you right then and there so I, I think that's something that's really important to look up for any last points yeah no we can we can move on <laughs> awesome let's move on to then the kansas city offense versus tampa's defense and i want to start by saying that this this defense that front seven has just been so explosive and so and so excellent um all season but really really showed their stride this postseason um the way they've been the way they've been able to handle the opposing quarterbacks and and running backs the way they handled Aaron the way they've handled Drew and um the way they've played in that Washington game it's been really impressive that that unit within the defense what they've been able to do and uh because of how how great that unit is I don't think Kansas City should run the ball very much. I think every every down that they're that they're running the ball is just a gimme. It's a waste. <laughs> it's it's a waste of a down. Um especially especially against this defense. And I think another thing to note too is if they are going to run the ball, please don't do it up the middle. That just <laughs> does not work. 
Do yeah, not give the ball to Daryl Williams. Um, Clyde is hilarious. Just Le'Veon Bell right up the middle. You have to spread it out. You have to, um, even if it's shovel passes, even if it's, um, what's it called? Even if you're running to the outside, find new ways to get the balls to the running back because running up the middle is just straight up not going to work. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the passing passing game, though, they have to be, they just have to be themselves. I mean, as long as that they're able to get home some time and buy, and get him some protection, they, they just need to do all of the different things that they've been doing all year, whether it's jet sweeps, um, whether it's uh, short in- intermediate passes, whether it's a crossing route to Tyreek Hill, all the things that they've been doing, like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have just been so good at diversifying that offense that I just really trust in what they're gonna and what they're gonna bring to this game um, in the passing game. But I do think protection is extremely extremely important. Uh, that's something that the Tampa defense has been able to disrupt in previous games, and that's something that they have to really find ways to to buy Mahomes some time. But one of one of the key ways to do that is because I, I straight up think that the Tampa's defensive line is better. Put put Mahomes in situations where he could be on the move, whether it's rollouts or whether he can buy time inside of the pocket and step up into the pocket a little bit more. But you have to find ways to give him buy him a little more time and keep him moving because you do have a mobile quarterback and that could play a really big advantage in um when you're going up against a really good defensive line. And I think if you scheme, if you scheme for that and plan that he's going to be, be uh, plan the plays in a way that he's going to be able to roll out right, roll out left. He's going to be able to step up here, step up there. I think that's something that could really, really help them in, um, in getting the offense moving and not just getting what disrupted with sacks. Um, and that's something that um, Kansas, City, Kansas City offense needs to do, but be themselves in the pa- passing game, limit, limit the running game to the outside. And I think, I think this offense is going to be really successful. This is, one of the best offenses that we've seen. Um, I think it's safe to say in football and um, for a while. So that's always, always exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. I agree. This is one of the best offenses we've ever seen, especially with the creativity that have they have as well as the talent they have. Like at this moment, you could easily make the argument that Mahomes, Terry Kill, and Travis Kelsey are the best in all of football at their positions. And this could be the greatest big three we've ever seen in football right now. Not even like better than Brady Edelman Grant, better than Peyton Reggie Wade, Marvin Harrison, better than Breeze Kamara Thomas. Like right now, this is just a very special group. And they we've seen they had their way with the Tampa defense in that first quarter of week 12. <laughs> Carlton Davis, I am so sorry he got cooked up right left and center by Tyreek Hill over 200 yards in one quarter two touchdowns it was just ridiculous but the Tampa defense was able to play more two-man play more two high safeties to be able to limit the big explosive plays but on the other hand this Kansas City offense is so great at yards after catch and in this playoffs Mahomes has been getting the ball out of his hands lightning fast he only has a 5.8 average depth of target which is kind of drew Brees level but with the talent surrounding him just get it out quick get it to kelsey it's usually a first down get it to hill there's a chance it's going to the house if you run a sweep with mccall hardman that speed he could take it to the house too there's just so many options 
And it's very viable, especially in this matchup, since Kansas City is going to be missing a lot of their offensive line. And so, you know, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, they they're aware of that. And they're going to put Mahomes in situations where he's either on the move or he's getting the ball out quick. And this pass rush for Tampa might not even matter in the end. But for me, it was always about the coverage with great quarterbacks Pressure doesn't really affect them. And we've seen that with Mahomes. He has a 135 passer rating under when he's blitz. And that's usually a design of the offense. And it's usually when someone is so great against the blitz or when an offense really is so great against the blitz, it shows just how great they are because the communication is on point. They know exactly where the pressure is going to be coming from. They make themselves available to Mahomes as an outlet. And he he's also able to buy time. Like they know what's coming. They're prepared. And this offense right now is just performing at a ridiculously high level. In the playoffs with Mahomes, they've had a 3.75 points per drive average. So that is ridiculous. They're, every time they touch the ball, almost four points are going on the board. And so we know they're going to score. Like, there's no question about it. It's if the Tampa defense can be able to mitigate that a little bit. And this front four... I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to have to be special with Vita Vea coming back and maybe pushing the pocket to get Shaq Barrett and Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul some time to maybe get to Mahomes or just really keep him in the pocket and limit his time. They have to play two-man and cover two to limit the Chiefs' explosiveness. And I say they should only put six in the box to stop the run, which I don't, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be – I think the Chiefs are going to come out passing – being extremely pass heavy as they've been for the past three years, you know, leading the league and passing rate on early downs. And they need the Tampa defense has to be physical with Kelsey in, in order to disrupt his routes and the timing. And they need to capitalize on er any errant throws or any mistakes. Like turnovers are going to be absolutely key in this game. And if Tampa needs to win, they need to be clean on offense and as well capitalize on any mistakes the Kansas City Chiefs might make. But right now, we all know the advantage in this matchup goes to the Kansas City offense. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's completely correct. Um, one last point I want to make on the offense as well is just going going off of the creativity of Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, which you mentioned, is the trick plays coming. There's mm -hmm. gonna be two or three special plays in that playbook, and we saw it last Super Bowl as well that are just odd and going to be very difficult for the Tampa defense to prepare for. So that's something to definitely look out, um, look out for as well. There's definitely going to be deep in the playbook, ready to pull out at, at that moment when they think it's time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's something that's going to be really exciting to watch as well. Love what you said about getting the ball out quickly. I do want to add as well, it should help Tampa that I think Antoine Wilfield Jr. should be back, their safety. Yeah, um, he should be back, yeah. he, he should be back um, playing in this game as well as Murphy Bunting has been really good for them in the playoffs mm -hmm. as well. So mm -hmm. that's something that um, that's that's going to really help shore up that secondary a little bit more. Yeah. And one other thing that the Kansas City offense is built to, to go against a Tampa defense that is so aggressive, so fast, is they can use that aggressiveness and that speed against the Bucks defense. You know, they can have the sweeps, the motions, the RPOs are huge. Mahomes was, was insane on those run pass options in that week 12 matchup. And can't the Bucks defense needs to be better at defending those in order to, to have any level of, of success. And I think really 
the Bucks defense, they don't like to take their linebackers off the field, especially with studs like Devin White and Levante David. But I think they might need to <laughs> deploy three safeties in this game to put a safety mm-hmm. on Travis Kelsey and take off Levante David for some downs. You can keep Devin White in there to be a spy on Mahomes and, you know, to cover the running backs. But I think three safeties is the way to go, if, especially if your focus is to stop Travis Kelsey while you're, you know, doubling Tyreek and trying to limit those big plays and force Mahomes to go to his other options, which are Sammy Watkins and <laughs> Robinson <laughs> and Hardman. So it, it's just a pick your poison kind of game, but just limiting the damage is really what this Tampa defense is going to have to try to do. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, that that's all I have to say on that. I think it's kind of funny that we went to the Tampa offense and didn't even talk about Brady. <laughs> oh, um, I think I think he's gonna play well. It's it's just yeah. it's gonna come down to you know those receivers drops and the communication. I think might be a big factor because you know this Tampa def- or offense they're still figuring things out. Like we haven't even seen them play a complete game like at all this season. We haven't seen this team play a complete mm-hmm. game. But the Kansas City offense and the defense, they've been together for so long. They know kind of what to expect in different situations. So it'll be interesting to see to see what happens. Yeah. And that's something the players have been saying as well in interviews um, on the Tampa side of things, that they have they don't feel that they've even like put put out a complete game like as a whole team quite yet, which is really just kind of scary to think about. Um but I but I agree on Brady. I think we kind of didn't almost didn't feel the need to talk about him much because we know we're, we know we're gonna what we're gonna get. We know he's gonna play well. You know he's gonna come out ready. Um, I think something that Kansas City defense has to try and do to him is if they can get a turnover, mm-hmm. that is gonna help them out a lot. Um, if they I can, can I can and, definitely get that see. extra possession. Like yeah, he usually I, I, has I, a <laughs> stupid, stupid first. Like we were discussing before we started recording that. Brady-led teams in the Super Bowl have only scored three points across nine Super Bowls in the first quarter. Three points. That is insane. And usually it's because, like, the Seahawks Super Bowl, he threw a pick in the red zone. And then the Atlanta Super Bowl, he threw that pick six. And I think we might see an early Brady pick just because his tendencies, he might force it to Evans. We've seen um, what happened when he was – the blitz pickups were were not going well. He was pressured on third downs against the the Green Bay Packers, and he just kind of had to chuck it up because there was no other option for him. If Bruce Arians doesn't give him an option in that situation, he's going to do the same thing, chuck it up. You know, it might get picked. The Kansas City cornerbacks are really underrated. Breland, Legereus Snee, the rookie, like these guys are, they're really, really good against vertical, vertical threats, vertical offenses, and that's what this... Bruce Arians team is and that's why I think the tight ends have to be big like we saw Gronk have a big game in week 12 they need to feast against the linebackers which are the weakness of this Kansas City defense yeah completely agree and we wanted to touch on special teams really quickly um and just I don't know about how we feel um special teams can come and play into this game. For me, on the Kansas City side of things, I'm not especially worried about that unit just because I trust in the coaching and the preparation. Um, they have really good 
kicker in in Butker, who, um, you know, he's a kicker that you can trust from 50 plus. And I feel as long as they don't make any critical mistakes, muffed punt, um, missed field goal, any of those like little things, um, as long as they're able to avoid those kind of mistakes, I think that they should be fine as a unit. Um, I don't think they especially, I don't think Kansas City as a team especially needs help from the special teams to win. But um, as long as they're not able to do anything to kind of disrupt the game in a negative way, then they should be fine. On the ta- on the Tampa side of things, uh, suck up, suck up. Is that how you say his name? Is also another yeah, right, suck up. <laughs> uh, another kicker that's had a really good year. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the pedigree pedigree of a bucker, but I think he's been pretty consistent all year from what I've seen. Um, but I, I I do think Tampa could use um, some help in this unit as well if they can get if they can get short fields or a score that's something that can that that's a unit that can come in and disrupt the games and really kind of help tampa cover um some of those some of the deficiencies they have as a team in terms of like continuity in comparison to kansas city uh i I think that's a unit that can that could come in and really help them Yeah, I think special teams, Kansas City clearly has the advantage. You know, Butker has a stronger leg than Suckup. He's five from five from 50 plus yards this this season. And Ryan Suckup only hit a 50 yarder this season and he hasn't hit over 50 since 2018. So that could be key. And it makes decisions around the 35 yard line a bit easier for the Chiefs. Like they can trust their kick and say, go kick it Mm -hmm. while the butts are kind of in that middle ground and we'll probably have to go for it. And in kick coverage, Tampa has been really bad <laughs> in kick return coverage. We saw the Saints game, really, that first quarter. Harris was just absolutely abusing that that special teams before he actually got that injury. And him being out for the Saints was actually very huge. And, you know, Tampa has to improve their returning and their coverage. We saw Jaden Mickens in that Packers game right before the two minute warning, when they got the ball back, he took, he slid and there were still two seconds left on the clock. I'm pretty sure the coaches told him this to slide, but that was just a really confusing scenario and situation. I really didn't understand that, mm-hmm. but Kansas city is eighth in way to DVOA and Tampa is only 26 and it could be a huge game changer. We've seen Jacoby Jones for the Ravens make a huge return play in a Super Bowl. Devin Hester made a huge play for the Bears, even though uh, they ended up losing that game. But it is a really key point, and McCall Hartman's speed could change this game at any moment. Oh yeah, McCall Hartman could come in and really, really make a mess of things. I mean, if Kansas City ends up doing what I, what I'm hoping Tampa does on special teams, like if they end up actually impacting the game in a positive way and giving them even more of an advantage. That, that's something that could be uh, really scary for Tampa uh, late, late in the game. Um, mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk coaching for a little bit. I mean, we both kind of touched on, on coaching on both sides while talking about the teams. But one thing I really like from Kansas city is the last Super Bowl, Andy Reid was able to put them, in a position where they didn't need an A plus game from Mahomes to win the game. And that's something that I think is important because if they're able to game plan in a way that they could win with a 
B minus Mahomes. That is something that I think is really special from from this coaching staff. And we know we talked about we've talked about Brucearians all year and and the way he's <laughs> and the way he's been coaching this team. Um, Todd Bowles as well is has been a big topic of a discussion um, on their defense when they went through that slump during the year. But I think something that Bruce Aarons has done that he that is that letting Brady letting Brady have an impact when it comes to coaching um, later later in the season, and I think that's something that I hope he continued and could really be helpful in the Super Bowl is drawing from Brady's experience and drawing from his his expertise. Um, being honest, do I trust that Bruce Aarons is going to come in as calculated and as um, as detail oriented and as creative as Kansas City? No, I do not. <laughs> he hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't shown that. He hasn't. Pre- he hasn't given me any reason to be- to believe that. And I do think that Kansas City has the coaching advantage um, between the two staffs. One hundred percent. It's not even close. When we started <laughs> the playoffs, you could have made the argument that Arians was the worst coach in the NFC playoffs. You look around, you saw Sean McVay, you saw Pete Carroll, obviously Matt LaFleur, you saw Ron Rivera, Sean Payton. He, he was the worst on the NFC side. And even in the entire playoffs, he was probably the worst. And it's crazy that how talented this roster is. Like They have really underperformed. And Andy Reid, you can make the argument he's the best coach in the NFL right this moment. We've seen him be aggressive when needed on fourth downs. We've seen him, you know, put his players in crazy situations <laughs> and chances to win, even with Chad Hetty <laughs> being coming in at quarterback. Like it was pretty insane. But I think both coaches will be very aggressive and ballsy. You know, that's that is Arian's nature as well. But I think we can expect just on a baseline, the Kansas City players will be in a better position to succeed. Maybe Todd Bowles has been really good with making adjustments adjustments this season. I'll give him that. And maybe at halftime he makes a crazy adjustment like he did in week 12 for his defense. And that's really, really the only adjustment we've seen kind of throughout the season. And maybe Byron Leftwich realizes that play action might work and 12 personnel is the way to go. And we see a big game from the Tampa offense. But at this point, you should just kind of expect that Arians and Co., there is a chance that they can get extremely embarrassed. But also, the Tampa roster is just so talented. And I've always said players matter more than coaching. Like, coaching loses games, but players win games. And maybe at some point, the Tampa might have some big plays just off sheer talent alone. Like, maybe Chris Godwin makes a huge catch like he did against the Packers. Or, you know, Scotty Miller just runs by someone. You never know. But right now, the advantage handedly goes to Andy Reid, Eric Bianimi, and Steve Spags. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't think it's, it's, it's a bit of a mismatch coaching wise. And you just kind of, if you're, if you're a Tampa, you're kind of hoping that, you know, Brady's able to, I guess, make up for that a little bit and kind of cover, uh, kind of cover for some of those deficiencies. Um, as he's been especially doing on third season. downs like i don't think mm-hmm. people realize 
just how insane Brady has been on third downs. Like even that that first Packers drive, there were three third and longs, or there was a third and four, but deep pass to Evans, and he converts third and nine to Godwin, and then third and nine again to Mike Evans for the touchdown. And that's just kind of how Bruce Arians' offense is. Like it requires so much from these quarterbacks and these receivers. And yes, they're talented enough to make up for it, but that's why you see when Arians doesn't have a talented roster, it's it you don't you don't get anything. <laughs> So we'll just see, but do you want to give your prediction first or should I go? Ooh, I wanted to quickly touch on um, weather real quick because I, th- I do think we should oh, note yeah. that the thunderstorms. We're expecting, I, think like, it was, I think it was supposed to clear up. Is it, is I it saw recently, it yeah. It's supposed to be like 65 Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is <laughs> in Celsius. Oh, okay. Mean convert real quick and it's supposed to be sunny i think the storms are supposed to be like tonight and too early tomorrow okay and then yeah so i think i think the weather's gonna be fine no that's good to know um i was looking like the thunderstorms earlier in the week um either way though if we do have a little bit of wetness that that's something that um is gonna help i mean both offenses in the sense that defenders are going to slip and it's going to like defenders don't really know where you're going to go but like as an offensive player you know where you're going to go so it's a little bit easier to like, i guess get a uh, separation but um probably kansas city a little bit more than tampa just because ball slipping um aaron jones is uh, not aaron jones sorry ronald jones has had fumbling <laughs> issues in the past we've seen some drops from godwin things like that so um that's something just to look out for in case there is some rain or or anything like that that still um comes into the game and plays a factor yeah um okay we can do predictions prediction time let's do it okay um so for me taking everything into consideration i have chiefs 33 tampa bay buccaneers 27 and you know everything that we've discussed so far but the chiefs and the bucks finished first and second in passing yards per game during the regular season um oh wait point, so i'm expecting out yeah sorry i just have to, after you mentioned that it is a passing league i'm just gonna say that right now and yeah no matter what no matter how good your run game is <coughs> ravens <coughs> titans you have to be able to pass the ball consistently to win. And that is just what the NFL is right now. Gone are the days yeah. of stout defense, you know, 2013 Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch being like carrying that offense through the running game. Gone are the 2015 Broncos with uh, the corpse of Peyton Manning <laughs> barely being able to do anything and no Sean Marino just running over people. And even the Rams saw it, they, and they went out and grabbed a quarterback. You have to be able to pass in this league, and that's it. passing is how you get success. And that's just what the league is now. So, hopefully, Lamar Absolutely. can can improve on that because I do want to see him get a ring and be successful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, when you look at how good these two offenses were specifically in the passing game all year, is why I think. 
we're going to have a really high scoring game um just because of how how good they how good they've been passing and um being able to see like two of the best passing offenses in the Super Bowl is going to be like is going to be something that's going to be really really fun to watch um you know um Another stat that I pulled up that I think is important is Kansas City generated pressure on 35% of their opponents' passing plays this season, which is second best in the NFL. And they also had Brady ranked 27th in QBR under pressure, as well as the, I know you don't like passer rating, but the point here is that the difference in passer rating from being under pressure versus having a clean pocket Brady had mm-hmm. the biggest drop, one of the biggest drops of all the quarterbacks. So I just think that's something that, you know, we know a lot of that is attributed to early in the season. They couldn't really find an outlet for Brady. But mm-hmm. I do think that's something that is really important if Kansas City is able to consistently make him uncomfortable um, and, and get pressure. And mm-hmm. um, I'm predicting that they will, that the defense will be able to force a turnover and that Kansas City will, will be able to score off of that. And that's why... Um, I have them a big part of why I have them winning this game, but I do have it pretty close. Um, Chiefs 33, Tampa Bay 27. Yes, sir. And I like that. I actually, I, I like passer rating as a measurement of an entire passer, like an entire passing offense. I don't like to use it to measure like quarterbacks individually. Like Drew Brees had a 106 passer rating. But you wouldn't say he was a better quarterback than Brady this season or or Lamar this season or really anyone. But that is like a really it's a really good measurement, I'd say, of a whole offense, because, you know, when Brady has been under pressure, he's just chucking it deep. And most of the time, the receivers like we saw Evans, he didn't even know uh, Brady was chucking it deep and he should have had another interception targeting Cameron Bray 30 plus downfield like 30 plus yards downfield like sometimes I just don't understand this offense and it it kind of is what it is with Bruce Arians you know it's the big plays and the big turnovers and you know Kansas City if these two teams played 100 times Kansas City probably went 65 plus maybe even 70 plus other times but it only takes one game which is why I have (laughs) Kansas City 31 and Tampa 34 I'm going oh. to upset here. I said, I said, if Tampa beat the Saints, I would pick them to win the Super Bowl. And I didn't I did pick them that. last week against the Bucks. I mean, against the Packers. And I think they've been winning these games in unsustainable ways. And I don't like how their offense has been running these past two weeks. And hopefully, they can switch back to that Washington game plan where they were moving the ball easily up and down against a very good defense. And Brady had the fifth most passing yards using play action in NFL history in that game. So hopefully they can go back to that. I'm expecting a really good shootout with the Bucs getting the ball last and getting in rage for a 40-yard Ryan Suckup field goal. And then the cannons will fire. And yeah, I just I couldn't go against my word. I said I'd pick them to win the Super Bowl. I didn't like the way they've done done it the last two weeks. But I'm just, I'm getting like a weird 2007 Giants combined with the 2001 Patriots, where like they gain confidence from playing against the Super Bowl favorites in the regular season and keeping it close. You know, the Giants lost to the Patriots in 
in that 2007 season in the last game of the regular season, 35 to 38. And then the Patriots also lost to the St. Louis Rams at the time, 17 to 24. And then they played them again in the Super Bowl. They gained a lot of confidence from that game. The Bucs haven't lost since they played the Chiefs. The Giants didn't, <laughs> didn't lose since they played the Patriots. Obviously, it was the last game of the regular season, but they went on with the run in the playoffs. And the Patriots also in, the, in 2001 didn't lose after playing the Rams. So I'm, I'm getting a weird Team of Destiny vibes. Hopefully, it comes true because Tampa, that would be just a great experience for them, you know, winning a home Super Bowl for that city and everything. And my MVP is Chris Godwin. He doesn't drop a pass. He catches all the balls that come his way. He gets big plays all over the field in the screen game, in the crossing routes, deep down. The Bucks utilize him in motion and get him favorable matchups. And he wins MVP. Over 100 yards and a touchdown. Love that. No, I love that. I love the take integrity. I love it. You stuck to your guns. Um <laughs> and and kept your prediction going. I'm a I'm a Holmes at MVP just because I think the passing game is gonna be the majority of what Kansas City ends up doing um in this game. Because I don't think the run the run's gonna either they don't come in planning to run the ball much or they get stopped a lot and they end up having to move towards the passing game a, a little bit more. But I think I think because of that, he's just going to be slinging it downfield a lot, and that's going to add up to a lot of yards. And uh, I'm predicting three touchdowns. I would say over 300 yards, three touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. And I think that'll I think that'll secure him um, his second uh, Super Bowl MVP. Even though it's a pretty pretty big argument if um, he deserved the first one. Anyway, I think another yeah. sleeper player. But I mean, you, you touched on it a lot earlier. But I just, I just had a saw another stat here on Chris Jones, and he he could also come in and really disrupt the game, and he could be the reason why Kansas City wins because he was the second best pass rush win rate as an interior rusher this season at twenty percent. So I think um, if a, if a defensive player wins MVP this game, I think Chris Jones is going to be could could be a, a really big part of that as well as on the Tampa side, JPP and Shaq Barrett both ranked top five in pass rush win rate among edge rushers. So um, making sure you keep keep Mahomes away from those guys is going to be really important. Yeah, I honestly don't think people are talking about Chris Jones enough, really, especially no, since he's going no. against a backup in on the Tampa offensive line. You know Spags is going to move him right over Aaron Stinney, who's only played two games in the playoffs. So... That could be a big game wrecker. And I was I was also debating having playoff Lenny as my MVP. Because I think he'll be featured. <laughs> I think he'll be featured in this game more than Rojo just because mm-hmm. he's a better pass protector. He's not much better, but he's better than Rojo. And if he can catch and not drop so many passes, he could he could I honestly think James White should have won. Super Bowl MVP and that Falcons comeback Super Bowl because he was absolutely insane in pass protection as well as catching the ball out of the backfield. I think the the running back disrespect was a big factor in James White and Damian Williams not winning last year as well. But we'll see. It is it's tuned more to more to quarterbacks and wide receivers now. But 
We'll yeah, I, I think Leonard Fournette will actually be important because I think BA is still going to run the ball. So I think he's going to have to be at least pretty good for them to win mm-hmm. because I think they're still going to end up trying to run the ball on this team. Stupidly. So gonna... I expected to. <laughs> so if, if Kempo wins, he will be a bit, he will have a big part of that um, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, just to wrap things up, this is the first Super Bowl where um, the home team gets to play in their own stadium. However, you told me that we're having an issue yeah. with the cannons, that they're not going to fire him. Yeah. How do you have a stadium with a pirate ship with cannons and you don't allow cannon fire in the Super Bowl? Come on, NFL. Come on, no fun league. Are you kidding me? Let the Bucks fire the cannons. They are the first team in history to make a Super Bowl when they're hosting it. This is a special event. And what's the competitive advantage? You fire some cannons when you score a touchdown. Yo, if Kansas City is so against the cannons, stop the Bucks from scoring a touchdown. It's that simple. <laughs> There's no competitive advantage there. I, I really just don't get it. But no, no fun league. But at least on the other side, we have The Weeknd, who's the first Canadian to perform at the halftime show. So hopefully he puts on puts on a, a good one. He said it is going to be PG, so don't know how many songs he's going to Thumbs <laughs> down. <laughs> Thumbs down for that. I know. We'll get blinding lights for sure. Um, oh, yeah. So that, that should be good. But either way, the Super Bowl history is going to be made regardless. It's, it should be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for the halftime show. Um, I think he's gonna do something. He's gonna do something weird at the very least, like something, <laughs> something that no one's gonna expect, even if it is PG. So I think I think he's gonna make it make it a lot of fun. Hopefully, we get some good commercials too. Oh yeah, Canadian commercials suck though. We don't get. Oh yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> they're really good ones. Yeah, it's gonna be. But we deserve a good Super Bowl after this year. We deserve it. And I think we'll get one. Yeah, I think we'll get one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for sticking with us all season. Um, all football season, you know. We're huge fans, and I think we probably end up focusing a lot of football during the time, probably a little bit more than we expected. But um it's it's been really fun like breaking it down all year and um and going through the season with you guys thanks for thanks for sticking with us thank you hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this podcast we really appreciate your support be sure to follow us on twitter at what's the play 12 and on instagram at what's underscore the play so you can stay up to date with all our content. We want to say thank you again for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.